0: Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio.
1: This is Hush Money, a show about all the money subjects you're too uncomfortable to talk about.
0: But we're not. I'm Nicole Lappin, money expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch.
1: And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine.
0: And we believe if you don't talk about money, you're never going to make
1: any of it. So let's start talking. Each episode, Nicole and I will debate a tricky question about money and then bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So let's get uncomfortable. Nicole, what do you think when you see someone driving a fancy car or wearing a fancy watch or whatever?
0: Uh, I think good for you. Like you made a lot of money and now you're enjoying it. What do you think?
1: I think. Come on. Are you that insecure that you have to broadcast how much money you make? That's
0: ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with making money. I'm
1: not saying there's anything wrong with making money. I love making money. I'm just saying you don't have to flaunt it. But but wait, before you say anything else, I see you're ready to jump in. I want to tell you a story about a guy named Dan Resnick, because I have a feeling we're going to have totally different reactions to the stuff he buys. What a shock. Okay. Tell me about Dan. All right. So Dan has some fancy stuff. He likes nice cars and nice watches, and his family is not okay with this. They think he's wasting his money.
0: They just say, you should have started with something smaller. You should save for the future. You never know what's going to happen. Wait, did you just talk to this guy so you could show me some dude who spends too much money and whose family disapproves?
1: No, no. This
0: isn't some cautionary tale thing. I mean, is Dan going to lose all of his money and then his family is going to be vindicated? I mean... I'm worried about Dan now. No,
1: no, it is it is a lot more complicated than that. Because here's the thing. Dan has a master's in financial mathematics, and he's a data scientist for Citigroup. So he's figured out a way to get the nicest stuff possible for the least amount of money. That's awesome. I need to hear this. All right. So first of all, when Dan is thinking about what to buy, he's first looking at how things depreciate in value. For example, a Honda Civic,
0: uh, 10-year-old Honda Civic, going to be able to buy, to buy it for a couple of thousand dollars. but. Higher-end cars, like there, so there was a few last in mind that was an option as well, or higher-end BMWs, They don't, they never depreciate to that level. They depreciate a lot in the first couple of years, but then they relatively stop.
1: In other words, there are some things that just keep losing their value over the course of their lifetime, like a Honda Civic. But then there are other things that just drop in value after the first few years, and after that, their value holds steady for a long time. That means that you're going to be able to enjoy the car
0: for a couple more years, and then when you sell it, you're going to recover just about all the money you spend on it, at least the buying price. Oh, that's really clever
1: isn't it? So, okay, let let me just use some fake numbers here to like draw this out. So let's say that he finds a luxury car that costs $100,000, brand new. And he sees that its market value after two years drops to like $60,000. But then it holds steady at $60,000 for the next 10 years. So he'll just wait the two years until it drops to that value. And then he'll buy it at the $60,000. He'll enjoy it for a few years. And then when he's ready to sell it, it really hasn't lost any more value. So he could sell it for $60,000. And that way he can keep buying luxury cars and never actually spends any money. But it only looks like he's spending money. Right. And his family still disapproves? Well, they just don't understand it. I'm pretty sure most people in general don't like listening to the math side or the investment
0: side, or they just assume, especially because I'm the youngest brother by 10 years, they just assume that I'm being naive. Now I just feel bad for Dan, but this seems to me just to support my side, right? I mean, how could you object to the way Dan spends his money? He's being so responsible.
1: I know. I I actually love what Dan's doing here. But I would argue that what he's doing makes a case against being flashy with your money, because what Dan is doing is revealing that luxury goods aren't even as fancy as they seem. Like you can be flashy by spending a lot of money or you can be flashy by just looking like you're spending a lot of money. That to me is ridiculous. And so, Nicole, this is what we're going to debate today. Is it okay to treat yourself to expensive things? You clearly say yes, I say no, so we're going to hash it out, and then as always, we're going to bring on a celebrity judge to decide who's right, and today that celebrity judge is none other than Bobby Brown, makeup legend, who, I don't know, probably has a lot of fancy stuff, but I think is going to support me. Mm Mm-mm. All right. So, I think that we should start with this. What are you wearing right now? Excuse me? (laughs) It looks possibly expensive. I know your shoes are expensive.
0: Yes, my shoes are expensive. My shoes are very expensive. Mm -hmm. They're... Louboutins. Mm. They have the red bottoms. They were, I think, 500 bucks. But let me tell you something about these shoes. Look very closely, Jason, yeah. at the bottom yeah. of the shoes. Okay. What ha- We've got what's... the
1: shoes on the studio uh-huh. table. Yeah, oh, high. yeah, there's a bunch of crap on the bottom no, of your it's $600 not like... shoes. <laughs> Th- <this laughs> oh, that's part. not what I'm looking at.
0: Do you see this rubber part? I do see the rubber that part. That means that I've had them resold because I've had these shoes for like 10 years. Ah. And they're super comfortable and they're really well made. Yeah. And they go with everything because they're nude and I have kind of a thick calf situation, so it makes my legs look <laughs> elongated. I love these shoes. I think they were a great investment.
1: Mm. Okay, now I'm going to put my shoes up on the table. Here they are. They also have crap on the bottom of them. <laughs>
0: That's not what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm this... just showing they've lasted me a long time. Yeah,
1: they're Saucony Jazz. Uh-huh. They cost me $60. And how long have you had them? I buy a new pair once a year.
0: Okay, okay, let's do this math, So actually, Homeboy. so the
1: math, li- the the math is perfect.
0: It's the same, $60. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every year. Yeah. I've had these. 600 Yeah. They yes. were basically, yeah, $60 a year. So, booyah. Okay,
1: but here's the thing. I wear these shoes every single day.
0: Okay. Mazel tov. Do you
1: wear your uh, Louboutins every, every single day? <laughs> do, do you know, Louboutins. Louboutins.
0: I don't wear them every single day. Uh-huh. But I do wear them with many work items. So, my yeah. outfit yeah, right now. Me, yeah, give me, so give my, me more. I'm I'm bringing back the pant suit. Yeah, the pantsuit looks good today. Thank you. This pantsuit suit was expensive, ish. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but this shirt that I'm wearing underneath was like from Amazon. Yeah, I mean it's like a uh-huh. white V-neck. Yeah, that's so fine, but I that's have, not like, the thing people are seeing. High end, low end. They're, they're seeing all the
1: yeah. I'm wearing uh, a T-shirt that my dad gave me. This for real, so zero dollars, and then uh, a pair of Uniqlo jeans that I paid I don't know. $50? And how long have you had them? Um, two years.
0: Great. So, all I'm saying is that I invest in more expensive things and I keep them for longer. Like, I don't like shopping. I'm one of the yeah. girls, maybe on the planet, mm-hmm. who doesn't like to but shop.
1: Do you like that people look at you on the street and say, She's wearing nice things? I
0: don't know what people think when they look at me, but. And I don't care. You must
1: assume that people recognize this. I stuff. don't
0: dress for other people yeah. and I dress for myself and I happen to have been in heels since I started my career at like 17 years old, running around as a reporter all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing heels and they needed to be comfortable. And so I felt like you invest in a really good pair. And... You can't put a price tag on hurt feet.
1: I know that's why I'm like, give me my sixty dollars sockinis. But wait,
0: that you have to throw out every year. Yeah,
1: well, it's because I'm wearing them literally every day. Uh-huh. So I'm going to put you in the mind of at least one person out on that street because that's me. And when I see people wearing like designery designer, but how things, do you
0: even know? You didn't even know the name of my. No, shoes. I didn't.
1: I didn't. You're totally right. But do you, some you really things l- just scream? Uh-huh.
0: Well, I'm not Designery. all about wearing a Gucci jumpsuit yeah. with Gucci, like, <laughs> signs all over the place. But, like, I would be down with a pair yeah. of Gucci shoes that were nice and comfortable and a good investment.
1: Well, uh, listen, all the same. I, I will tell you. The Mama wor- works the hard words, for my money. I- and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, here are the words that go through my head when I see stuff like that. Ready? Okay, we get it.
0: Whatever. Is that okay, what you we think? get it. When I walked Got into it. the studio, is that what you thought?
1: Well, no, because... Uh, because what? I guess because I uh, already got it. I already know. What do you mean you already got it? <laughs> Tell me what you think about you, me. Because you roll big, uh, and you know, you know how I roll. You know what? What do you? What do you think when you see a uh, guy, guy wearing I think his awesome. dad's t-shirt? I
0: think I don't think about yeah. that. I think of you for your character and how smart you are. I'm not analyzing, like, how much your clothes are. I don't know, honestly, if that's, like, a James Purse shirt or, like, a Costco shirt. Uh,
1: I don't even know what this is. I think it's a Banana Republic shirt. I don't know. It's probably 15 years old. Okay. Here's the thing. But you're more judgy than I am. Can I tell you a thing that I love? Yes. I love the Silicon Valley thing. Where the dudes who are the wealthiest are walking around in hoodies. I'm so into that.
0: Yeah, but there are Gucci hoodies. Like I can tell you I've bought X's very Gucci expensive, hoodies? very expensive like Tom Ford oh. and other things, or really expensive sneakers.
1: Do you think do so you think those guys you know? are wearing I I guess I don't know. They See? look really ratty. Do expensive hoodies yeah, look ratty?
0: Like look at super expensive designer jeans or like designer yeah, rips and stuff true. in them. But why are and you like,
1: buying it? I mean, I don't know.
0: I don't judge people like you clearly
1: do. (laughs) I don't judge. I don't judge. I just, well, I guess I judge. Okay, I take it back. I judge. But here's the thing. I really love that because I think that the power move is to not show your power. It's called the red sneaker effect. Uh It it comes from a uh, 2013 study in the Journal of Consumer Research, and it found a link between accomplishment and informality. They were looking at professional settings and finding that the people who were most informal were the most accomplished. Totally.
0: I get it. Like the really rich people don't say they're rich. Right. Yeah. You don't have to say you're rich if you're rich. Pa- you don't have to say right. you're classy if you're classy. The, you the just power are. suit
1: is no suit.
0: But here's the thing. What you're missing yeah. is that sometimes more expensive things are actually just better, better things. They're better. Like the guy that we just heard from, Dan. Right. You know, that a- Aston Martin, is that a better car than that Honda Civic? Yes or no?
1: I get I I mean I Look pr- up probably the, probably you love
0: the stats probably, in the studies. Look up some of
1: the <laughs> consumer reports I don't that know. show yeah.
0: like an Aston Martin versus a Honda Civic. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's probably a better car. Um do you remember this story in the New York Times? from uh, it was so it was 2017 it was about how amex is losing the snob war because amex for years had done a really good job of projecting itself as as like exclusive and you know you like carry this card like because black you're card. cool yeah, yeah 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 right and th- and now amex is kind of freaking out because millennials are not responding to that message at all and so it opens with this story in which uh, a bunch of like millennials are taken out to lunch or dinner or something like that. And then they're all asked what card they would use to pay for the meal. And this is what they say. They say about Amex, they say, I feel like it would be braggy, like I'm trying to prove I'm a big shot. And another one says, and Amex says you're rich, but this, and then they like wave a different card, says you're interesting. And that's a really, to me, interesting shift in the way that people are seeing expressions of money that showing something that is like I'm exclusive and I spend lots of money on things is not registering to the next generation as impressive. And instead, they're looking for something that projects personality...
0: I don't know how you display personality in a credit card. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I
1: I agree. I have no idea how you do that. But it's an interesting microcosm because what they're responding to is not the credit card. It's the marketing around the credit card. Right. So they're responding to the, the sensibility that's being created by this thing, which I agree.
0: Sure. It's I mean, silly, I have but, an Amex, but yeah. it happens to be like a Delta Amex because I travel a lot. So I think that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Could I possibly care less when I was signing up for that credit card? What you would think when I put my credit <laughs> card down for dinner? No, that did not register to, at all. Yeah. It just registered that I was going to be getting more miles, which is what I need in my life.
1: Mm. I got to say, like, I, I mean, I'm not like offended by it. I, I just don't like think it's my impressive.
0: offended you today. I feel like my well, I wish they were cleaner. Whatever, but that's the <laughs> point. Like I, they're the shoes that keep giving.
1: Do you know when I was growing up, my dad was really into, is really into cars, so he would buy himself like a kind of flashy looking car. My sister and I would give him hell over these cars constantly. Like, I can't believe you're being so flashy. Why are you going to buy a car like that? And now I actually feel kind of bad because, like you know, the guy worked hard for his money and he should spend it how he wants, but. Uh, that was it, somehow very early on. I just was seeing the way people spend money. And I was like, you know, I feel like it's more impressive to spend your money in invisible ways. Sure. But you can't tell other people how to spend their money. I can because I have a podcast.
0: Well, I have a podcast, too. I am half of this podcast. And I am going to say that people can spend their money however they damn well please. People work hard for their money. Mm-hmm. Like you do not like fancy things. We yeah. get that. I don't judge other people like you do. I don't know what's going on in their head and what they're dealing with. You don't know people's story. I don't know people's story. And you don't know the price tag of those hoodies.
1: No, that disturbs me. (laughs) Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away?
0: Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that.
1: No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer.
0: Oh, well, in that case...
1: linkedin.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Bobby Brown launched a simple line of lipsticks in 1991, but what happened next was anything but simple. It sold to Estee Lauder, blossomed into the billion-dollar brand Bobby Brown Cosmetics, and turned Bobby into makeup royalty. Today, she's onto her next act, having left her namesake company and launched a bunch of others, including the supplements line Evolution 18, the editorial site Just Bobby, and a new podcast, Long Story Short. And somehow, amidst all that, she has found the time to come to the studio with us today. So, Bobby, thanks for being on Hush Money. Sure, thanks for asking me to come. So, Bobby, our question of the day is, should you treat your yourself to expensive things. And I'm really eager to hear what you have to say because you're all about keeping things simple, but keeping it simple has certainly been profitable. Nicole says yes, spend your money how you see fit. Expensive things can make you feel good and they're higher quality anyway. I say no, I think that expensive stuff is designed to show off how much money you have and I'm far more impressed with people who make money and never show it. So Bobby, it is now time to bestow upon us something that is really beyond value, which is your declaration
2: of being correct. So who's right? Me or Nicole? You're both right, and I have pieces of both of you in me, so I get it. I think there's certain things out there that you don't need to spend money on. I mean, I am the first one at Uniqlo. You know, I like things really simple. I keep my clothes for a long time, but there is a huge difference between a sweater that costs $69 and a sweater that costs a couple hundred dollars. You know, big difference. Um, Also, I like a nice car. I like a nice home. I like, you know, nice things. I don't believe in flaunting it. I would never have, you know, the rich and famous come to my house and do a story. So you're both right. I, I wonder about
1: how you transitioned into being able to afford nice stuff because your makeup line—you you sold it within four years, which is unbelievable. Yes, right. I sold
2: it, and I stayed 22 years. So, so when you I f- went very
1: quickly It
2: it yes, but we, you know, at the time I was a working makeup artist, I was able to make a living. My husband was a real estate developer. The market crashed, so when we started the company, we literally used the last $10,000 we had in our account at the time. We didn't know there was no venture money, there was nothing. We just used it and we we figured it out. But when we sold the company, I'll never forget we it and it took a few months We went to New York shopping. What do we want to get? We had a house in the suburbs. We had a car, you know, that we weren't looking for anything else. We decided to send our nieces and nephews to college to help all our brothers and sisters with a down payment, you know, to their next house. Did that. We've literally sent probably 20 kids to college, which is really cool. Mm. And all we could think of was to get a, you know, basketball seats on the floor at the Nets, which wasn't that expensive. And we did that.
1: You have worked with... All the famous people. Yeah. Have you seen any correlation between their wealth and how they show it or the way that they relate to their wealth? What patterns do you see having been around people who have just serious money?
2: Well, people that have serious money, you know, there's all sorts of people just like people that don't have serious money. Some are really nice and some are really assholes. (laughs) I don't like people that aren't nice. I, I just There's – I don't like them. And there's people with a lot of money that aren't nice. But there's a lot of people with a lot of money that are really nice. And, you know, the greatest thing for me about being with someone who is really successful, you know, they share their knowledge. They share their experience. They share their yacht. They share their, you know, their beautiful homes, their chefs. I don't live my life that way, but I sure enjoy hanging with them, you know, when they invite me.
0: (laughs) And when you've seen people come into money, new money. Yeah. Do you feel like money just exacerbates or magnifies who they actually already are?
2: I mean, I think that everything that happens in our life, you know, we are who we are. And the older you get, more of that comes out. And yes, when people make money, you know, they act differently. And it's not, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world when you come into money. So, you know, we had to kind of learn how to deal with a lot of requests. And, hmm. can, you you know, you so, can you say more yeah. about that? What does that mean? Well, you know, you sell the company and, you know, it gets kind of public. And all of a sudden, organizations and family members are coming for money. That's why we said, what are we going to do? What's gonna, what feels right to us? And we said we want to send the nieces and nephews to college. Oh, and we paid for all the bar mitzvahs, too. Important. No, we weren't going to do wed- yeah. We weren't going to do weddings. We did the bar mitzvahs in college. Hmm. So and so that
0: experiences, yeah, education. Right.
2: I mean, there's nothing more important than giving someone education, and to be able to leave college without a debt was a gift not only to the our brothers and sisters, but to their kids, our nieces and nephews. Best gift, yeah. They could get. yeah, yeah.
1: Did you make that decision also because it was a way to communicate to everyone, like, listen, we are going to do something with this money. We will be helpful, but we are going to create these very... Boundaries. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we we did. And, you know, there's been many times where we're out of bounds. And, you know, we do some extra things for one because they're more in need. And, um, you know, but, but we're really lucky because our brothers and sisters are pretty respectful. To bring what you just said back
1: to our subject of the episode here... You decided to spend your money in a way that wasn't actually visible. It's, it's very different from buying everybody nice cars, for example, right. um, which I think puts money to use instead of, to me, ma- giving people money in a way that they can show off that money, especially if they're like one step removed from the money. Um, I think would just send the wrong message.
2: But But look, don't look at me like I'm some, you know, saint here. <laughs> I don't have them on now, but I have really nice jewelry. I have... You know, some really nice clothes that are absurdly ridiculously priced where my sister will look at me. You know, she's a very simple girl. And she's like, are you kidding me? You spent what on that? Mm. So, you know, yes, because you know what? I can. I work hard and I can. And I do see a difference of a really good pair of black pants by a designer than a pair that I get at Uniqlo. My T-shirts are pretty much all Uniqlo and J.Crew. And now Alex Mills.
0: You were, I mean, you worked your ass off.
2: I did. If you make your
1: money and you're responsible with it, then I think that you should go and spend and enjoy it. The thing that I'm always just really conscious about is how what you have is projected to others.
2: Well, the rich kids syndrome, which I yeah. get because I have three boys. My youngest son, he just – he denounced the fact that he was – from New Jersey, that he was from a wealthy family, that he was Jewish. He moved to Colorado, went to school there, and he wanted to be like all the kids, you know, there. And now he's in, you know, a big university, and he still doesn't like Hmm. the rich kids. And it's not because they're rich, because he has friends that are very wealthy, but you don't know they're wealthy. They're just good kids. They're not show-offs. They're not insecure kids. They're good kids. So, You know, I'm proud of him that he's made that decision. He doesn't want to be, you know, he doesn't want to flaunt what he has. But
0: that's the thing. I mean, the people who are flashy about it don't have it. The only people that take pictures on Instagram with private jets are the ones that don't have one. Right, right. That's true. You can actually book,
1: you can rent a private jet on the runway just to take photos of it. (laughs) That is so
0: cheesy. That's gross. Yeah. But if you worked your ass off to get a jet your entire life and that's easier for travel and it saves your time, like, get after it. I mean, there's a difference between getting it because you're not going to live forever. I think spending, there's somewhere a sweet spot between Mm -hmm. thinking you're going to die tomorrow and thinking you're going to live forever. Neither are true. There's like somewhere in between that you have to live. You can't just like sit on all of your money with the anxiety. Yes. Has anyone ever overstepped and asked too much and had to be cut off?
2: Constantly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's people. There's people that I'm related to that I'm very close to. And I had to say enough. So you lay the smack down. Yeah, but it took a while. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It's like, don't you think I do enough? I mean, come on. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want people to not either appreciate it, and I don't want people to just expect things that are not part of, like, your living life.
1: Was that a hard adjustment? Yes. How did you do it?
2: My husband is a lot tougher and saner and less emotional than I am. (laughs) You know, he's he's really good. But then he's the one that will literally, you know, he heard someone doesn't have a roof on a house. And he's like, oh, I just did the whole roof and paid for it. Hmm. Didn't ask, didn't tell me, but he just yeah. did it. So you guys make decisions together or does somebody
0: take the lead on financial decisions?
2: Um, we say we do, but he pretty much takes the lead. Money is not my thing. I know how to make it. I don't know how to how to budget it or no, I don't. I, it's not That's my thing. That's the most important part of the I, equation. I, I know. I know. I know it is. But no, I mean, my father gave me the best advice when I was in college, and he had given me a credit card for graduation, and I was allowed to spend $200 a month, you know, the first year I graduated, which was an amazing graduation gift. And at the time, it would be, I guess, like 500 now, and I could never—I was always over. And I'm like—and then I owed all this money, and I said, Dad, you got to help me. I don't know—I can't budget. He said, well, stop budgeting. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, "Figure out how you're going to make more money." I'm like, "Okay," and I put an ad in the paper, and I, you know, said I'll teach makeup on the side. And it's a great mindset, right? It shift. Was, yeah, because
0: if you make more money,
2: hello, right, and obvious, you don't yeah. have to save as much. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to be a woman today and said, you know, I'm I'm helpless. I'm not helpless, but it just doesn't interest me all the investing and stuff that my husband does. Were you worried about raising spoiled kids? Yes, but you I had such
0: a different circumstance.
2: I wasn't really worried because I we both chose to live outside of New York City in the suburbs in New Jersey, and yeah, I didn't. It's not that I was worried. I didn't want to raise spoiled kids. I wanted really normal kids, and I've had more people say to me, "Your kids are so nice," and you know what? They're not rich kids. So I am most proud of that fact. Hmm. What, how do you? Th- that doesn't mean they don't spend money, by the way. Right. 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 Yeah.
1: How'd you do it? I mean, because you could you could have moved to a Expensive right. suburb. You know, a suburb yeah. where everybody is a right. spoiled rich kid.
2: My husband and I, were just really simple people. We're simple in the not simple way, if that makes sense. I mean, we have vacation homes and, you know, we do all that stuff and hang with people um, who are definitely a lot wealthier than we are. But we're still, you know, my hair's still in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, wear my shorts and my t shirts and.
1: Right. Know. I mean, you present as a very like non materialistic person. Yeah. Like, just all a photos juju. of you. Ah. Yeah, like, yeah, like you're just really, yeah, you come off as a really, like, normal, right. very normal person. Well, it's a weird yeah. thing to, I don't yeah. know Yeah, No, no, no. well, sounds, my but.
2: my persona is the same person that I always was. Like, I haven't, I've gotten tougher in my old age, you know, mm-hmm. like, the older I get. But I still feel like the same seventh grader from, you know, Wilmette, Illinois, that I was. And I, you know, I also realized that when I tried to be like other people— like either in the cosmetics industry or fashion industry I just was always uncomfortable. I was like I don't these I can't move in these clothes and I you know I'd go to the Met ball and I'd be like this is I'd rather be home. Mm. So I started making choices that I would rather do.
0: Do you worry that it's going to go away? Do you worry about like no running out or do you come from a place of abundance?
2: Um I come from a place of naivete that I think there's tons of new new experiences and opportunities, and I come from a place of, you know, life is really good, and life is really short, so you better, you know, make the best of it. My
0: motto is, life is long, the world is small, don't be an asshole.
2: Yeah. Just, yeah, It's a, and, and it's the same thing, as just be nice to everyone, and people would always say be nice because, you know, you meet the same people on the way up, the way down, but you know what, be nice because you never know what people are going through, you know? Everybody's fighting yeah. a battle. Yeah, yeah
0: what's your splurge? Like, I remember the very first time I bought a wrap dress, like a real one, not a fake one. And I was so, like, I felt like I made it. Mm. And that, like, I'll never forget my first time I felt that way. Right.
2: The most expensive thing I bought at an early age was I bought a pair of Prada loafers. And at the time, I mean, you know, they were probably $200, $250. I still have them. And... I still and if my house was burning they'd be the first things I'd you know really? after my kids but in my closet be the first things piece of clothes I would grab cuz I don't know why they just they're comfortable they're cute they just mean something to me
1: so here's—I mean, this is an experience that I've never had, which right. is like wearing something that is expensive. But yeah. aren't you just constantly worried that it's going to get ruined by the world? Like somebody's going to yeah, spill
0: but that's something like not or drinking the nice bottle of wine because you're waiting for a special occasion. It's like every day is a celebration. Like drink the nice bottle now, wear the Chanel today.
2: Right? Like, you don't know I, I mean, if I use I use silver and not you know when I don't save it for the special holidays. I love that. You know, I have my grandmother's, my aunt's silver. It's in my drawer, and it's like they're all scratched up. And they're really kind of cool. Use mm. it. Yeah, use it. What am I going to wait? Once a year? Like have right. someone, you know, clean it and use it one day? Like that's dumb. So, I totally agree. Yeah. If not now, then when? I, I'm, when I'm, for I'm, the fancy plates?
1: I'm thinking of cutlery. this bottle of Johnny Walker Blue that I was given like four years ago and like it just still, it sits there in a box but you know waiting what? for some moment.
2: It's not even that expensive. No, it's not. It's like you a can, couple hundred bucks. I, I assume you're not going to drink it in three days. No. So you know, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Come on. Treat yourself. <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> Jason. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's as good a place to end as any, which yeah. is both of you
1: just yelling treat yourself at me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Bobby Brown, thank you so much oh, for joining pleasure. us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. So, we have reached quite a moment here in our podcast.
2: What is the moment? The
1: moment is that these are the final minutes of the first <gasps> season of Hush Money so exciting. I know.
0: And she- I know you want to tell me who won yes, the I final tally. Yes, I do. I was going to say,
1: let's take a look back. Oh, my God. We split. No
0: 4-4. Seriously?
1: How about that? We didn't plan that.
0: We did. No, we didn't. <laughs> you can't tell. Our judges are like, they have their own opinions. Oh, you yes. can't tell them what to say.
1: No, no, that's that's, that's kind of crazy. nice.
0: And we all collectively won because we're talking about stuff that we normally would feel uncomfortable to talk
1: about. That's true. I I agree with that. This has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to do season two, which is coming in only a short amount of time. We're going to take a little break. And in the meantime, if people want you to continue to enjoy your company, Nicole, they can do so. I know you have a new book out called Becoming Superwoman.
0: Yeah. It's a 12-step plan to go from burnout to balance. It's basically... Lean out and realize that self-care is the biggest asset or liability in your career.
1: That is important. So
0: no need for separation anxiety if you grab the book or listen to Jason's other podcast, Mm -hmm. Pessimists Archive. And I kind of feel like I should be jealous that you have another podcast.
1: But I do not have another co-host.
0: Okay, so then I'm not. And it's an amazing show, so I'm the biggest fan.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. So Pessimists Archive is a history show about why people resist new things. In each episode, we look at the moment that something new was introduced, something that today we think of as totally commonplace, like the car, the bicycle, the novel, the Walkman. And we try to understand why everybody freaked out about it. And so you should go check that out.
0: Don't be on the wrong side of history.
1: No, that is exactly right. Well, Nicole, this has been a total blast
0: complete blast and it's not goodbye it's just i'll see you later we'll hush for a little while but then we'll come back unhushed un- <laughs> unhinged uh, and un- un-
1: <laughs> well then stay tuned everyone it is jason and nicole unhushed the sequel <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that is Hush Money.
1: Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show.
0: It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram.
1: We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great I iHeart Team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke.
0: And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison.
1: Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Alright, we are done. And scene.